Hi, I'm Jeffrey Pettinera. And I'm Andres Guzman. And you're listening to Film Cube. Welcome back for another week. Um, apologies for any cheering and whooping you might hear throughout this episode, because just like on Friday when we went to go see Inside Out, we're neglecting the Chile Copa America game to watch this. Two Chileans, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I think my dad was like a little disappointed. He wanted somebody to watch it with on Friday, and I was like, "No, I'm watching a, a movie." Yeah, and yeah. So today we're recording over the quarterfinal game. So this one's actually more important than that last one because if they lose, they're out. Anyway, enough sports. Okay, about sports. I have one amendment in our ongoing amendment uh, section, uh, whatever, for the our show, and it actually ties into the movie we're talking about today. Back in our very first episode, we asked what would be the first movie you would show someone who'd never seen a movie. And I guess that question kind of evokes maybe like a younger child kind of thing, right? Yeah. But also, um, movies, as Ebert famously, famously said, and Devin even quotes this in his review, which basically is going to say everything I want to say about this movie movies are empathy machines right and they, they get you into someone else's head that make let you live in someone else's shoes for a while so that ultimately you can come to a greater place of understanding with that person right and that's the power of movies right and inside out is the literalization of that idea and i adore that and, and empathy and the conflict between uh our own solipsistic natures. Oh my God, these words I'm using. <laughs> and trying to function in society. These are just themes that I adore. Like in the books I read, uh, David Foster Wallace, the stories I try to write, ugh, and the movies I watch. So Inside Out is my new choice for the first movie I would show somebody. Really? You yeah. go with Inside Out? Inside Out. Uh, Which is also the movie we're talking about today, by Yes, the way. this week we watch Inside Out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't. Well, I'll, I think it's the quickest we've gone into our first movie. Yeah, <laughs> um, but, but I don't. I'll, I guess I'll go right off the bat and say I loved it. Oh uh, yeah, I clear that. Yeah. clearly I loved it too. Hand, like not voted into uh, the canon. <laughs> not up for debate, but I don't know if I could say like if I could go to a kid and be like, "Here, this is a movie you have to watch first. Why not? What? stops you because really i feel like that question any movie outside of like porn or something <laughs> works for a kid i don't know i think it's, it, it would be a great like uh board to jump off of but i just this wouldn't be the one i would choose i don't know i don't know you're sticking with jurassic park then <laughs> i think so jurassic park's good don't get me wrong um i'm just I feel Inside Out captures what movies can do and in a very literal sense. More than just wonder, they can get you to know, step outside your own limited skull. Yeah, and it teaches you some things. Yeah, it teaches you how how to feel, how how other people are feeling and how it's okay to feel. Yeah, okay, we're getting to the main theme of the uh, story here. Where sadness is important because it's the root of empathy, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, I had a point. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, with the what the movie does is how it its subtext is also its text. So 
unlike other movies where okay because i've been seeing people call it a metaphor like this movie is one uh extended metaphor but to me it's not because it's it's representing what it is you know what i how, mean how could it what is it a metaphor for that's the thing i'm like isn't it kind of like it's, it's almost putting stuff on the platter being like here you go this is yeah i mean it's not showing i can't the emotions aren't standing in for some other aspects of humanity. They are the emotions. Yeah, you know what joy I mean? is joy, sadness, sadness. And that's what I love about the movie. I, like, here I'm going to bring up I Heart Huckabees again. <laughs> I brought it up last week, but I'll get into why I love it this time. Is because, like Inside Out, the themes of the story are the story. It's about trying to reconcile your own very limited perspective with this greater universe at large and other people, right? And that's the very much the point of the story where you have Jason Schwartzman's character who's having like an existential crisis and then he bumps up against this one guy who's uh, basically ruining his life and it's basically about them coming to a greater understanding of where they're each coming from and that's the story and it's also the theme and inside out it's the same thing where we have this girl who's because of she's moving to San Francisco and all this family stuff happens she's very she falls into a depression and it's about uh, learning to express that sadness because that sadness is important because it lets people know if there's something wrong right and i adore when a movie can do that and not be blunt that's not the word i want to use i love the simplicity of the movie ultimately this is going to be a thing i hit on over and over again is that the movie is almost an exercise in, in complex simplicity it's so good there are there are times that Pixar is pretty great at where they kind of like they'll change the tone on you where you'll be laughing and you'll laugh a lot during this film but you'll end up laughing and then in like right next in the next scene you're ready to cry like you're moved yeah, I mean, that's you're... like basic drama right what, what most movies seem to get is you build drama by bringing the audience one way building audience expectation and then bringing it the other way right right and, and that works in a very literal story sense where, okay, this guy's going to go buy bread. Holy shit, a car came and crashed into the store, right? Well, but it also works on an emotion level. Like, oh, this everything's going fine, blah, 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 you're laughing, haha. And then it takes a dramatic turn, you're like, oh, okay. Right, which is, I like... And it makes it so much more effective. To me, the scene I'm, like, kind of touching on for this is when she introduces herself to the class. And she's, like, super excited, talking about all these good memories, about how it was in, in, in Minnesota, and... And then sadness gets hold of the emotion, and she just starts to it cry turns, and yeah. fry in the class. And it's like, it hurt to watch. Which is also the truest representation of nostalgia we have. Because yeah. that's what I feel... Oh, I'm going to start griping about our culture again. I think that was the, that was the first thing I, st- I kicked off this podcast with. But another word we've ruined is nostalgia. Because nostalgia inherently is supposed to be bittersweet right it's right just, there's supposed to be a sadness linked to it because it's the idea that you'll never have that feeling that you associate that thing with again but now it just comes to mean oh I'm f- they're remaking final fantasy 7 nostalgia bomb it's like <laughs> no it, it, it is weird because i do know i love final fantasy 7 by the way and i'm excited for the remake <laughs> uh, there's there's like a lot of people there, there, i i do it myself too like people my age, our age, go on and say like, "Oh, they don't make movies or music like they used to," and and, and they're like, ta- and they're talking about like music and movies from like the sixties and seventies. And yes, the statements are true, but it's just like that is twenty years before you even thought of being born. <laughs> like, who? 
Or it you thought of your word. It was your choice, Andres? <laughs> no, like, I'm ready. I'm going to join the world now. <laughs> referring to our parents, but like... So that's... Before you were a little sperm in your dad's balls, to put it more crudely. <laughs> but it's like, it's that idea where just like people kind of feel that way, even though, you know, some They movies, have no literal connection to that They time. have nothing. Yeah, and... Yeah, they don't make movies that way anymore, because... They're making them how they make them now. And if you look hard, not even that hard, look at who I'll be talking about later, Edgar Wright, who's making fantastic movies his own way. Spoiler. Just, <laughs> if, you're, if you're only looking, like the, I make this point about music all the time, if you're only looking at the pop charts, then yeah, you're going to find a lot of shit. But yeah, every never pay attention, that, never yeah. go into a Transformers film think, thinking it's good. Yeah, like this is representative of our modern cinematic culture. Cause no, cause bullshit. Even the 50s, or if it was the 40s, had Cleopatra. You know what I mean? Which was a, I think it was after. But, I yeah. Think, no, oh, no. but you get what I'm talking about, right? Every era has its um, its failings. Yeah. And its master their successes. Yeah, you can probably weigh them and start being all nitpicky about, like, well, this era had more and this one had less. But really, if you're thinking about it on a global scale, then you'll oh, there's always great cinema every somewhere to be found. And that's what matters. And I think we're actually in our, one of our greatest cinematic periods. I mean, 2012 was great. 2013 was amazing. 2014 was amazing. And now 2015 is already shaping up to be fantastic. We're only halfway. And I'm like... Mad Max was my favorite movie of the year, by the way. And now Inside Out has supplanted it. <laughs> I don't even know what my standings are. I still, I still have, like, Cinderella pretty high up. We're only halfway through the year. And the end of the year is always where all the big guns come out. Uh, Although all that it, Oscar seasons, <laughs> Tiff, yeah. all that stuff. Although it's happened the fa- past couple of years now, where the movie I watch early in the year usually stays at number one. I think last year was it last year? It was Lego Movie. Lego Movie was like March. Yeah, yeah, that was last year. That was yeah. number one for you. Wasn't it? Or was it Snowpiercer? I'm pretty sure. Didn't we movie. both not do like numbered though? I didn't do numbered, but I remember. Yeah, I, I know, thought I'd be like, I, I, that's I, my favorite movie and everything else. I know what you mean, because I told everybody, like, when I made my list, I was just like, Whiplash is one, and then everything else is alphabetical. Really, Whiplash? Yeah, I'm going to stick to that one. I don't care. I like Whiplash. I just disagree with it. <laughs> that's a topic for another episode. Let's uh, go back to Inside Out. Back to back to Pixar. Something, uh, typically, even with some of Pixar's... Uh, Two, two or three faults in their cars. Are you just talking about cars? Car, cars two and Brave. <laughs> I haven't seen Brave yet. Uh, but regardless, it's such a of shame that, that Brave isn't. From what I hear, isn't good. It's good. It's just it's the it's that all same argument where it's just like it's good, but it's not Pixar good. I just heard that it was. Yeah, I, I just heard the story and was it, very. It, it's like two and then, films in and one. Then this happened, and then yeah, this happened. but. Uh, Though it's in those two films, kind of, uh, Pixar other times always brings three things that I always like think about. Uh, great visuals. And even though Cars 2 did not have a good story, it looked gorgeous. Uh, That's funny, because with Inside Out, watching the trailers, I was like, I don't know if I'm digging the style, and I don't know if I'm yeah, digging the I, animation. I felt the same thing it's up like, until we saw it. Yeah, and then I saw it in motion, and I saw it... Um, is that a weird How? pun? Hmm? Is that a weird pun? In motion? Yeah. Oh, no. I don't make <laughs> puns. I hate puns. <laughs> um, uh, 
You got me off my train of thought now. Oh, train of thought. An <laughs> <laughs> uh, aspect that's in the movie. Um, that scene oh, kind of reminded me back to Lego movie. Kind of reminded me of spaceship scene, which fucking killed me when I saw it in the theater. Uh, um, Nothing's funnier than Charlie Day just <laughs> screaming spaceship. <laughs> I gotta buy a spaceship Lego. I have the <laughs> double decker couch. You'll see it down there. <laughs> um, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, the simple designs. <laughs> like I, I mentioned, the. I don't know if you can call it simple because like. But they are super. Like, look at. It's simple, but it's also vast too. Like the whole. Mind. No, that's the thing. I'm, I was gonna say the character designs are super simple, but. Oh yeah. It's also because we're dealing with such complex cerebral ideas, and the way they were able to convey that through such simple character designs makes it work you know what i mean like look at the one that i love and i uh movie bob who i brought up to you earlier today made a great point on his twitter where he mentioned the how perfectly designed sadness is Mm -hmm. because she's you're immediately like empathetic towards her is she like wearing like an oversized like sweater yeah too, or something? like a fuzzy turtleneck sweater with those two big glasses and the little buck teeth my favorite detail is just like she has no feet They're just like little <laughs> nubs for legs and oh so cute <laughs> but yeah and i didn't dig joy's design either but then it works and anger was super simple but anger is a simple emotion right um, and Lewis Black, perfect. Yeah, casting. let's talk about how perfect. I, I, I think the entire cast is perfectly casted for yeah. all the emotions, but nothing makes more sense than Lewis Black and Anger. <laughs> yeah. There, from day one, when I heard about this movie, and I was like, "This sounds interesting," and then I heard that they got him for Anger, and I was like, "When the fuck does this movie start?" Yeah, and I was like, "This is what everybody's been waiting for." Yeah, I mean, Lewis Black is. He's almost the embodiment of anger himself, right? Um, who else was it? Mindy Kaling was discussed, right? Yeah, Bill, Bill Hader, Hader as fear. fear. Well, I thought those two... Well, they have smaller roles anyway, and but they, in a good way, they kind of disappear into those roles. That's good. I like them. Amy uh, Poehler is always great. I, just, I saw her recently in a Hamlet 2. <laughs> it was weird. She was and so then uh, Phyllis Smith, who was uh, from The Office... Yeah. Oh, she's amazing in this. She was just like again, like back. Same thing with Lewis back when I was like, I I wasn't familiar with the name, and then when I looked her up and realized it was it was Phyllis <laughs> from The Office, and I was just like, perfect. Yeah, she has that naturally. It's um, this weird. It's like this sincere sound in her voice. Yeah, see, almost pained. Everything she says is almost pained, and you're almost like, oh, <laughs> you're immediately again empathetic. Keyword. I like I know like Polar is from like Parks and Rec, but like even during this movie, I, I was just like I miss The Office just oh, because of Phyllis. Oh, well, I never finished The Office. Like, almost, like oh, it's so great. Five seasons, I think. It picks up and it drops off like every other show. Yeah. <laughs> um, Except Parks and Rec. <laughs> who voiced Riley? Was it? It was just a little random little girl, right? I don't know the name. Yeah, even, she was really good it. too. Um, well. Yeah, I was, I'm a little frustrated, though, because I mentioned earlier Devin Farachi's review. He said essentially everything I wanted to say. I'm like, shit, I got to find some new angles. And Like, uh, I love how early on, when we go into the mom's brain, we see how Sadness is running the show there. And it's an early indicator of, like, she's not, she's important, right? She's not someone to be pushed aside. Who ran the control panel for the dead? 
anger, obviously. With anger? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's always anger. It's a stereotypical dad. <laughs> um, she was great. But uh, it's this... The best, the best joke... And again, we always get into spoilers here, but the best oh. joke is the bus driver. <laughs> For me. Why? Because all the emotions are anger. <laughs> you don't remember that? I don't remember this. It was in the, the post, post credits. Oh. Where they go into all those different people's what, oh, heads. Oh, it was just a regular person's. It was a bus driver who's oh, like, all the kids are screaming in the back, and he's just like <laughs> stewing in his seat. And I, knew, I, knew were, I knew you were going to every, every emotion, disgust, fear, they're all anger. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to go to like the post credit where we, outside of the parents, is the only time in the film where we go see other people's yeah. emotions and like their control panel. But I thought you were going to go when the boy drops the water bottle or something and he hands it to her and then we go inside his head oh, and it's girl, everybody's girl. just screaming girl <laughs> no that, that one's great I think that got the biggest laugh in the got audience got the biggest laugh which is something I kind of want to it was great I, but I, I feel just like the idea that cause I think, I, that's my dad is the anger <laughs> every emotion is just anger <laughs> I feel like this is the most adult film Pixar has done yeah in a weird way I mean I don't actually know up up is almost literally about retirement. Yeah, true, but it's just or not retirement, but up, old age. Up, because of the adventure that uh, Carl and I'm blanking on the the child's name, uh, but because of that adventure and the and the dog and the bird, and it's like that that's childish, and the kids can enjoy that adventure, even though it's about losing somebody and get like coming to grips and like, went to. But, I get what you're saying with Inside Out. It's more. Like you mentioned, the more cerebral ideas, more I, it's, they literally go into abstract thought. <laughs> yeah, I think it's more the it's it's just the idea is like uh, when the parents like most Pixar films, when the parents go with their kids to it, they're gonna have a good time. They're not gonna regret going to see them, which is something always great that Pixar has done. But in this case, I think it's the only situation I can think of when like looking at the rest of their filmography that the adults might enjoy the movie more just because of how much more impactful it could end up being for them. Um, I feel like... I, I'd heard I that... I almost feel like that's the case with every Pixar movie, but I don't know. I, I think like the only other... More uni- th- the most universal film they've made because that's literally the theme of the movie, I th- right? I think the the only other contendant for that would be Toy Story 3. I still haven't seen that. How, what you'll be, you'll be talking about? How? It. You'll be talking about it later, but that's not trying. Stop spoiling yet. things. <laughs> what? It's not spoilers. Spoiler <laughs> show. Fuck! It's Toy Story. Fucking that's his trilogy. There. Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> no one's listening, Andres. <laughs> no one cares. Oh, Lava was trashed. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was as That's bad. Let's not talk about it. All it sucks. <laughs> I didn't think it was as bad as you thought it was. I kind of. It's the world thought it was. <laughs> all the laughter in the audience was like nervous. <laughs> Is this supposed to be funny? <laughs> all of sucked. I wanted to talk about uh, a design thing that I looked up, and I think it's right. Oh yeah. Uh, the all the emotions in the film, their eyes are the same color as like their skin. So like disgust is green, anger is red, purple, uh, fear, fear is purple. But joy and sadness both have blue. It makes sense for sadness because she's blue. Yeah, joy, which was, which made sense. But then joy is like the only one. But, at, but that's also she has blue hair. 
Um, but that's also Your because falling apart already. Riley, <laughs> Riley has blue eyes as well. Yeah. Well, they're also the first two emotions we see, right? So they are the ones, or the first two emotions that form once Riley is born. So they're almost the pillars of the emotional spectrum, right? Of who Riley is. Whereas, like we said, whereas anger is running the show over in Dad's head with Riley, who is essentially our stand-in. It's weird. It's our. It's the audience standing. She's the audience standing, but also she's very much a character in, of herself, and we're we want uh, good things for her, kind of thing. But yeah, it's emotion. Uh, hat, joy and sadness are the leaders of the team. Although it's not initially that way with sadness, we have to with Riley. We have to learn her importance, right? And oh, fuck. along the way, we meet Bing Bong. <laughs> I wanted to get into this because I was I was waiting oh for you God. to stop because I was like, "This is what we need to talk about next." Bing Bong is gonna break your fucking heart. <laughs> In my notes, I says it leaves you fucking wrecked. <laughs> Bing bong! I, again, again, a character design I didn't think was going to work when I saw it. I'm like, ugh. I don't know. I think they maybe went a little too far with the uh, imagination. But holy shit, does he just win you over. Again, a perfectly cast. I can't remember the actor's name. But I don't know. Perfectly cast. I, I, I thought I remembered it, but then I lost it for a split second. <laughs> I was going to say, like, it's John C. Riley, but no. No, no. Like, no, no, no. He, he's, in, he's an older... Uh, just because I think John C. He, he's he's so. like a constant. He's one. Of, he's one of those that guys that you see in movies. Like, oh, that guy. Yeah, and he, but he's also been in like a lot of prior Pixar films. He's been a few. Isn't more. he? In, is he an obvious child? Is he the dad? You haven't seen Obvious Child. I haven't seen Obvious Child. I think he is the. Uh, anyway, he's in a lot of movies, and he's really freaking good. And as Bing Bong, if, you might not be won over like I was at first. He'll probably be like off put a bit, but. By his final scene, you know that's where it clicked. Like that scene hit me hardest, and I think that's the one where the, you could hear all the dudes in the audience be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> "Just embrace it, guys. Let the tears flow." It's like that slow reveal of just watching him vanish. Become he's he's the and hero he's sacrifice. It. Yeah. Oh, the take her to the moon for me. Oh, I'm gonna cry right. But now. E- but even think about like what that means. Like if if it's possible for Riley to forget something that would have been as impactful as Bing Bong to her growing up, what else could she or us end up forgetting? Well, I mean, if, if we're like going by this idea of what Inside Out is thinking about and how our brain. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, it's that bittersweet idea, right? life goes on it's this endless oh we're getting fucking deep on this episode. but that's the magic of inside out right you, it's this it's the most human film they've made in a way and yeah so it gets into this idea of all time moves on all you will there are things you're gonna forget that you move on they don't end up moving back to minnesota they just they're just there to support her, their daughter when things when they realize there's a problem and she's sad <laughs> this movie, man. <laughs> we both really liked it, but we're both thinking, "Fuck this movie." Yeah, it's like heart wrenching. Oh, on a lighter note, it has my favorite line of the year when she spills the facts and opinions. It's like again, it's <laughs> just it's beauty and its simplicity. 
where she spills facts a box of facts and a box of opinions and mixes them up and she's like i can't figure they look so similar i can't figure it out or i can't sort them out and the guy's like don't worry it happens all the time <laughs> genius <laughs> so how do you remember to write about the song sorry the commercial song oh triple dan gump <laughs> Oh, that is another one of the my favorite running gags in a movie in a long time. Oh, um, oh yeah, it just it plays with the idea of stuff that the most random things just that pop in your yeah, head, stick in your brain for whatever reason. Does you do you have something like that? I don't have. I don't think I have something like that. But I think it just it's so funny that it ends up being like workers in in long term uh, memory the that are just like, like yeah, we just, just like, send that we just want to fuck with them. <laughs> <laughs> Send it randomly. Uh, I, know, I, I know I have one. I just can't think of it right now. It's it'll it'll come to me at the r- most random time. It'll be in the amendment next week. For this whole week, it's been a, actually a childish Gambino line. So I made the beat and murdered it, Casey Anthony. That's been constantly popping up in my head. Also, because I think I'm like, damn, <laughs> that's, fucking, <laughs> that's offensive. <laughs> anyway, uh, does Inside Out change your ranking of Pixar movies at all? Uh, I don't know. It's still pretty high up. I th- it's really Pixar films are always really hard for me to rank because they're a lot of them are like crucial to me. I guess like I I am a huge Pixar fanatic, so like every single time I'm I'm pretty excited for the Good Dinosaur, even though that teaser did not didn't do much for me. But uh, it's still um. like at the end of the day, it like when the Pixar logo shows up, and I'm just like. I don't know I'll if I'm as, there. like, super duper, like, I love Pixar, but I'm not, I always just let the film convince me by the time I see it, like, like I said, I don't really watch trailers anymore, it's just better that way, because you go in a movie, you let the movie be its own thing, and whether it works or doesn't, it's all on its own merits and not your preconceived notions or expectations, so I don't know, I don't really go into a Pixar movie thinking, like, oh, this is Pixar, is going to be great. The, at most, I'll just be like, at least they know storytelling. Yeah. And at most, there'll be a semblance of a functional story, I guess. Brave also had all that behind-the-scenes production trouble, I remember. Yeah. Um, that's something I, th- I think I mentioned, or I almost did, where it, it ends up feeling like two different films. And both of them work, but just not together. Yeah, not together. Never meshes. Um... So, rank Pixar. I'm just gonna go like t- top tier, middle tier. Just top three. Tier. Just top three. Top three. This is even. This is even tough. No order. Finding Nemo. Oh fuck! I forgot about Finding Nemo. Um, I have to change it by now. <laughs> Toy Story. This is always tough. Wait, Finding Nemo is your number one? No, no order. Oh, I can't. No I, I just know it's up there. Okay. Uh, so Finding Nemo is number one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Toy Story 3 and uh, A Bug's Life. A Bug's Life? Yeah. Isn't that considered one of the lesser ones? Not for me. <laughs> All right. There, it, I, I, maybe it's one of those things where I... It was one of those movies that I had on VHS when I was younger, and I just kept playing it, playing it, and playing oh, it, and playing mine it. Mine was Aladdin. And, like, so... And Barney. <laughs> and so Bugs Life is, like, super close to me, and 
and it's always one of those cases where I'm like, maybe, maybe it's just because I was young and I didn't know any better. But Friday was, before I yeah, saw, before I watched Inside Out, right? I revisited it and I was just like, nope, still works, still good. Um, for me though, Inside Out changed the game. <laughs> it's instantly my number number one favorite. I feel Pixar. like Inside Out would be like four for me or something. Four, yeah. No, it's instantly my top one. I haven't seen the Toy Story movies in fucking years, so it's hard for me to say, but. Just from what I remember and from seeing people still saying those movies are great, they'll probably hold up. And so I'll put one and two as my numbers two spot just because I don't remember which one's better or which one I like more. The, I feel like the trilogy is something I can revisit every six months, eight months. Like, I've been meaning to buy the fucking trilogy, but ugh, they're so expensive. Fucking anymore. Disney, man. Uh, and you know what's three, weird? When I walk into when I walk into HMV and I see that a Studio Ghibli film on Blu-ray is more expensive. Is, is less expensive than The Incredibles on Blu-ray. Oh, yeah. Tell me how I can pick up Spirited Away for, for like twenty four ninety nine, but I got to pay 40 bucks for The Incredibles. <laughs> oh, my God. 40 bucks Is that how much? Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. It doesn't... Fucking Christ. I want it, but I'm like, every single time <laughs> I pick it up, and I was like, oh, fuck, <laughs> not today. It's more than a criterion. I know. Jesus I bought Christ. two the other day, and it cost me 60 <laughs> That's why I'm not looking forward to the Star Wars Blu-rays coming out. It's like, those are going to be like $200. Like if they, I don't. It's a, I know the rights are complicated, and I don't think Disney actually has the rights to the first Star Wars. No, so we'll never probably get an original. Yeah, we'll never get an original. Oh no, we're not getting the unaltered ones. But if Disney ever did release that for whatever reason, those are gonna cost fucking three hundred dollars. Well, right right now the the remastered ones that came out. I don't know how long ago. Those go. I got mine. I didn't get the prequel one, but I got the original trilogy <laughs> for like. Thirty nine ninety nine, which isn't too yeah. bad. No, but they're special editions, and I don't want to watch the special edition. I know, but like we're talking about, like let's get the original special edition trilogy for the same price as a Criterion. Uh huh. Yeah, that's I true. mean, like, oh, we like Criterion. I I, I really want to revisit mentioned. the Star Wars trilogy. I want to do it right for Episode Seven. I'm waiting. I really want to, but I don't want to watch the special edition. I'm half and expecting. I, somewhere in Toronto to be playing at least one of them before they start. And I'm kind of waiting for that. Most likely. They'll have to. And hopefully they're the original. Can they still play the originals? It's illegal, but people do it. It's illegal to play them? Yeah. Really? Um, I'm pretty sure, because they they mentioned that in the the episode in the canon. That when they When they do the Star Wars, because Devin says he saw both of them. Uh, the unaltered and Amy's like can you do that they're like not supposed to <laughs> I did it anyway no. well hopefully they do it in Toronto because that will be the one cry my break well I guess it's more theirs but yeah they're Royal Cinema me. please At least I'll please like get your hands movie. on this yeah just fucking break some laws uh, oh yeah I didn't say my third one I don't really have a third one it's either Up or Wally and I haven't seen those ones in a while I want to I want to just like start from scratch. I'll tell you the go. ten minutes of Up that everyone those famous ten minutes. Those ten are great. The, I like Up, but then it just kind of like if Pitter, it, it pitters out. Yeah, um, and Wally's the same thing where it's just like when the first half of the film comes in and it's the silent film, and you're just blown away and like this like this is incredible, and then they go up to the moon or wherever the fuck they go and it's. <laughs> Again, it's it's almost like a different film. That's why, other than the Toy Story movies, which I can't remember again, I've, the problem I've had with Pixar films is that they, the magic always kind of wears out fairly quick. And, but with Inside Out, it's the first one I've seen that, it, like, in 
in my recently cognizant years uh, <laughs> that matters from beginning to end is important from beginning to end and functions well, now, at a higher now level. Head out is going to join end. the conversation, but I think other than that, uh, excluding Bugs Life, if I wouldn't put Bugs Life in, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> if I wouldn't put Bugs Life in my in my top three, easily would have been Monsters Inc. So I think the Toy Story films. Uh, Finding Nemo and Monsters Inc. are the only one that Monsters kinda... Inc. That's oh my god! I, I keep forgetting all these movies. And those are the only ones that you know capture what? everything. Fuck up on Wally. I'm putting Monsters Inc. Monsters Inc. is great. With my f- number four spot, Cars. No, <laughs> <laughs> Planes, man. Planes. Ca- cars is decent, but like it, uh, it's not the. F- it did no. not warrant a sequel at all. <laughs> uh, well, Finding Nemo got a sequel. That's your number one. It's not number one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna establish that as your number one. I'm uh, for finding Dory. And all this talk of Toy Story. Let's just get into our trilogy uh, discussion now, because I like I ruined earlier in the yeah, episode. Ruined. Yeah, his your is the tri- Cornetto trilogy. Oh, it's not a real spoiler. trilogy. <laughs> it's a trilogy. <laughs> all right. I'm gonna. I'll defend myself in a bit. Tell me. Let's keep this Pixar train rolling. Why Toy Story? All right. Story? So have you ever heard the because you were talking about b- the before trilogy and that always seemed more up your alley but i love uh richard linklater and what he does with the before trilogy but i just thought i was like toy story i just want to talk about more pixar (laughs) and i i want to i want to if anything i want to dedicate uh, have you seen the before trilogy no okay you need to watch that because we want i want to do a full episode about that too a full full episode we'll see like not even a new release one of our slow weeks, maybe. Jesus. I, okay. I, I haven't I seen can. this. I have no idea what I even talk about. Well, we, we saw Spring, and they talked about how much they were, like, they were infatuated with those films. Well, it's funny. Cause, no, everyone said they were influenced by it, but they had never seen it before. One came. of them did. One of one. them did. Which was both? It? I'm pretty sure it was both. No, I think it was one of them. Mm-hmm. Who wasn't the writer. <laughs> it's funny. One of the directors actually tweeted recently that he's like, I love reading about all these filmmakers I was supposedly inspired by <laughs> or like uh, that's the my main way of finding about new filmmakers is hearing that I was inspired by them <laughs> it's so good those guys are hilarious but uh, I love the before trilogy but like hands down like I think Toy Story is the one that I can like sit through and watch a whole day worth before is kind of uh, not heavy but it's just like there, there's more emotion I guess I don't I don't know like I'm not in sure Toy Story more, like there is more from before but it's like it's it probably a, just hits harder it's a different type so yeah. it's, it's, but it's different like yeah with Pixar it's always there's a clarity of emotion and it's less like if the before movies are movies about for your brain then Toy Story is one for your heart right I'll take like, it that's the way I would at least put it like they're both getting more complex, or I mean, they're both for both. But I mean, in the most layman's way of putting before it, is so smart. I uh, this year I recently rewatched all three, and I also read the scripts to all three, and it's just like fucking perfect writing consistently. All that link later, great dialogue that he's known for, and I've I like seen... I like I like Boyhood, but I, don't, I, I the dialogue wasn't as impactful. I've only seen like two Linklater movies though: Days and Confused and Boyhood. Yeah, but Days and Confused has no. I like Days and Confused. Boyhood. Yeah, works. You haven't seen School of Rock? 
better. Oh yeah, I always forget that since Link. Oh, yeah, because I was gonna be like, oh, yeah, I've you're seen, a music yeah, guy. I'm pretty sure yeah, you've seen School of Rock. I like School of Rock. <laughs> that actually might be my favorite Link later movie. Now that I think about it, I rewatched that like uh, a few months ago, and I was like, oh, this is probably not gonna be good because it's it's. I know, I know you love like uh, Soderbergh, and he kind of does like those movies every once in a while where it's just like out One of for his. Them? Yeah, it is like out of it, out of his field, <laughs> yeah. so to say. Well, uh, he doesn't really. That's what's great about him. He doesn't really have a field. He just but does I, everything. I kind of felt that same way when I looked at uh, when I look at uh, School of Rock, and also I think the year after was like Bad News Bears for for Richard Linklater, and it was like these two movies that I'm like seeing, but the before movies Boyhood, uh, Scanner Darkly, uh, Waking Life, all these movies, and I'm just like they don't really fit with <laughs> his other ideas because yeah. he's. I don't want to say he's smarter than that, but his his other movies end up feeling smarter than those. So it's like, but watching uh, School of Rock, it kind of reminded me of how good Jack Black could be. I'm kind of a huge Jack Black, not huge, but I'm a big Jack yeah, Black fan. I, I mean, I like him, but let's let's admit that there I are times that. where he doesn't work. There, I, I don't think it's on him. I think that might be the directors don't know how to use him or whatever. Yeah, I never blame the actor. I always right. Uh, the other he was first. great in Bernie, which was another Linklater film. Bernie, I haven't seen that one. with um, McConaughey. Oh fuck! What was my Jack Black point? Oh, <laughs> the one movie that. I see a lot of people shit on, but I I adore it. It's Nacho Libre. <laughs> I love. Nacho. I shit on it. A too. lot of it. A lot of it is, admittedly, is my parents are Chilean, right? And so as am I. I know, but oh, fuck. I don't know. They just we find. What did you think of that Will Ferrell Spanish movie? Did you like that one too? Oh, I adore that one. Too. What the hell? Because <laughs> it's 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 such a farce. It's it's this. It's the comedy is played absolutely bone straight, <laughs> and it's hilarious. Bone dry, fuck, I don't know. Point is, uh, with Nacho Libre, we're just always laughing at all the, the Spanglish and the ridiculous accents. We That is probably my most coded movie in this household. <laughs> Give me some of that corn, eh? <laughs> anyway, we're getting off topic. Toy Story. I don't think you've said one thing about it yet. <laughs> Did you ever hear about the anecdote that Andrew's... Stanton has talked about when they made Toy Story. No, I don't read up on the background. Uh, there, was, there was a uh, a TED talk that I definitely didn't see that. Yeah, that, <laughs> that Stanton had done, and I watched it. And in it, he talks about how, like back when Pix bef- when Pixar was making Toy Story, and they weren't known as a company yet, so they were kind of in the shadows, I guess. Like nobody really knew of them. Yeah. So they're working on it, and they get stuck. They don't know what to do, but they they had a note saying that they didn't want... They wanted to be different than other Disney films, right? They didn't want there to be the hero and the villain. They didn't didn't really want there to be a love love interest. They didn't want uh, an I want moment, and they wanted no songs. They didn't want it to be a musical. I love Randy Newman, though. <laughs> you guys, Randy. No, but that's that's different. That's like songs for the movie, not songs in the movie. Like oh musical, yeah, okay, I get it. Right. Uh, so they wanted to stand out, and they got stuck. And John Lasseter sent them, uh, I think, like the working script or some work in progress to some people at Disney. Disney sent it to a unnamed songwriter. 
that they didn't want to specify who then sent them a note back saying they know what the movie needs and they need a villain they need songs yeah. they need a love interest they need a songwriter saying moment. they need songs yeah <laughs> so uh Lasseter came back and was like this is what we're not gonna do this is we have to make sure that we're sticking to our guns yeah. and then they made toy story and it changed the world <laughs> i really gotta fucking rewatch that movie I so like yeah. I'm thinking back. The closest thing it has to an antagonist is the te- the teenager. I guess maybe he's younger than a I teenager. Yeah, but he's more just isn't he in it for like just a bit even. But they also traumatized the fucking kid. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't remember that. No. Okay. Woody and Buzz get captured by him. Yeah. And then Woody makes this huge fucking plan about how they're gonna get back at the kid. <laughs> so they take all the toys and then like try and uh. Like, they come to life in front of him. And then at one point, when the kid, Sid, is holding Woody in his hand, his head turns 360s all the way and says, we're always watching. Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) He traumatized the kid. He's traumatized the kid. It is... uh, There's an Easter egg in the third one where uh, Sid is the the garbage man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because he's wearing the same shirt. Wait, why am I saying oh, yeah, I haven't seen that movie? But yeah. <laughs> Poor kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, not to diss garbage, man, but yeah. <laughs> if anything, I'd rather call... Maybe he had bigger aspirations than he realized all those toys were watching. <laughs> I'd rather call uh, Woody the antagonist. If anything. He's Woody? He's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I really gotta watch those movies again. I, have, well, I, I mean, remember like, like nothing about them. Buzz comes in and Buzz has the mentality of like, oh, I'm a, I'm a new toy. Like, I'm not a toy. I'm, I'm, I'm real. I can fly. Watch me fly. Yeah, and Woody's always trying to kind of poke holes into that. And and Woody's like, no, you're a toy. <laughs> We're all toys, and everybody's like, uh, falling for boot. him and idolizing him. And he's so used to being the top dog. The top dog. He's always used to to like running the place, and that when he sees that and he fears what. Buzz could be and yeah, so drama is, was great. As he is douche. It's rooted in just character desire, and there's really no plot, but that's all you really need. And a lot of uh, this was a question that was brought up in one of my classes recently. Was you can have great characters with no plot, but you can't really have a great plot with shit characters. You know what I mean? And I guess Toy Story is almost a perfect example of that, where you don't have your stereotypical plot progression antagonist blah 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 but it's still engaging from moment to moment because it's rooted in character desire what they want and then what they need and yeah that's Toy why Star. none of the uh, the villains uh, i guess except for the third one uh in the in the second one when we finally do get a villain uh they're not they're not even that bad i guess like you have zerg which is uh, a a playoff for Buzz. He 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 he's like Buzz's antagonist within. Yeah, but Buzz's I remember show. it ends with them like playing football. <laughs> they're they're playing catch. Yeah, but it's so good. I love that. But moment. because it, it's a play on the Star Wars thing where he turns to him and he's like, "I'm your father." Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and it just ends up being like, "Oh, I just wanted to like get closer to you." Yeah. <laughs> becomes super like Xerx is a big bad guy that they're running away throughout the most of the film but then they also pull the rug and it's yeah. just like no it's actually uh Kelsey Grammer is like the villain in the second one and he's 
he's not even that bad. He just doesn't. He wants to be in a museum being seen by everybody because he's been forgotten. Uh, all three of these movies have these huge emotional scenes. Yeah. Uh, in the first one, it's when Buzz goes to fly and he just falls. And he doesn't make it. And he ends up like losing a leg when he drops. But it's like that realization in his eyes as he's falling to the ground. That he's a toy? That he's a toy. Uh, in the second one, it's uh, when Jesse uh, gets left behind, and she's left under the bed. And then when she's finally found, she thinks she's gonna be played with again. And then she's left in a box on the side of the road. <laughs> and there's like I don't even know the name, what song's playing over it, but there's a song that just leaves you gutted. Uh, Is it Randy Newman? It's probably Randy. It's not Randy Newman no? actually. Oh. Uh, and then you haven't seen the third one, but there are like. Four, four scenes in that. I heard that was like, like all the everyone. I remember when that movie came out, was like saying how they were bawling and they were. You you can't not cry because it's just like it's just like moment after moment after moment where you're just like, uh, it's like this is this is it. Like these are what had come up to all these things. It was all leading up to these moments, and it's just pure emotional punches. <laughs> punches emotional. Um. All right. Any honorable mentions for your trilogies that you were other than the before series that you were thinking about? It's weird that like I know I kind of mentioned this to a, this question to a few people and everyone was kind of like original Star Wars, right? And I was just like, oh yeah. <laughs> that, well, I really I, like Star Wars, but it's like we talked about this, and I want to revisit them to see how much I really do love them because I do in my. I saw them last Memories, year I love them, but I don't want to watch the special edition because there's one moment in particular that I just despise and I don't want to see it again. No? It's the fucking, what is the soul song or jazz R&B song by that one alien in Jabba's Palace. It's You don't remember that? It's, it's the worst. You probably repressed that memory. Anyway, let's talk about my trilogy now. Yeah. So, you've been giving me shit because the Cornetto trilogy isn't an actual trilogy. You have three people that are connected in every film. That is it. Thematic that, connections. That, that's, and this ties into my that's whole... That's actually kind of debatable, too, because, like, in The World's Rent, and they had all the actors of the previous films show up. So, but still. Yeah. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, they, they, not... called, they called back everybody that had been in Shaun of the Dead in Hot Fuzz. So I mean, everybody is, is in it. Is the blonde girl the girlfriend from Shaun of the Dead's in it? Who who's the blonde girl? His girlfriend in Shaun of the Dead, the one he's trying to get back with. I think so. She's in the World's End. I don't remember seeing her. Pretty sure they, they all have like whether they're small parts, but they're all in it. They're, like all right. most of them are in it. I remember that. Anyway, my point, and this is uh, how are they connected? Indicative of my mantra that I've established <laughs> throughout this podcast is that they're all films examining um, men on the cusp of adulthood like true blue adulthood growing up out of that late period adolescence the early 20s kind of thing late late because i think late late yeah because they're like almost 30 yeah. but i mean <laughs> even, even in world's end yeah they're basically 40 but it's about uh king getting over basically wanting to do everything he wanted to do in his 20s and he's stuck in that time period right and it gets really dark but that's why it's the final film it's the ultimate culmination of that idea 
and that's why these movies are tied together because they're all just different lenses for this uh, examination. Also, even on deeper levels, they're also about Sean Dent is about uh, the romantic side of that being uh, being there for your partner. Uh, Hot Fuzz is more about uh, being there for your partner, being <laughs> for your buddy partner. <laughs> And, and you know what? they're all about it being there for your buddy, right? <laughs> In a way, so that's why these movies are—they may not be linked story-wise, but even Indiana Jones isn't linked story-wise. It's just the same dude, but they're all different fucking. No, but that even with Indiana Jones, it's, it's which is probably if I if I was like if you twisted my nipples and said fucking pick one with story connection that's not Cornetto trilogy, then fine, Indiana Jones. I definitely would say that that one is Crystal a... Skull doesn't exist. <laughs> Skull does not it's exist. not even that bad actually i watched it it's just okay it's just for an indiana jones movie it's kind of it has bad really bad stuff in it but ultimately i think who it's just, survived the nuke in yeah refrigerator? it's a really bad <laughs> moment in an otherwise okay movie yeah i, I remember the beef is okay oh <sighs> i just don't like the fact that he's his son uh chris Crystal Skull was actually the first Indiana Jones film I saw, and I saw it in, in the theater <laughs> during its in the theater during its original run. And I was like, I walked out, and my friends who had seen the original trilogy were just like, "Movie was bad," and I was like, "I thought it was good." Like, yeah, see, because it's it, if you're it's that, it it's, to that the argu- trilogy, it's that it's, argument. It's always that fucking argument where it's just like if you compare it, yeah, it's not that good, but on its own. Yeah, and it's, it's all decent. merits. It's okay, and Spielberg is too good of a director. Where even with his left hand, he'll make a, uh, an still engaging better scene. than Transformers. Exactly, I think. There's still, <laughs> oh, I like the uh, first one. There's some. Ah, fuck, I can't remember Crystal Skull that well, and that's kind of indicative of the problem. All I remember is the bad stuff in it. Um, it's almost like the antithesis of that famous quote. I can't fuck who said it. The, a movie is three good scenes and no bad ones. Kingdom of Crystal Skull is almost the antithesis of that. It's three bad scenes and no good ones. <laughs> but uh, although I don't know, the guy getting mauled by fire ants was pretty cool, if heavily CGI'd. Anyway, Cornetto trilogy: Shaun the Dead, fantastic comedy horror; Hot Fuzz, fantastic comedy action; World's End, fantastic comedy sci-fi slash drama. And Edgar, oh no, sorry. Well, yeah, Edgar, right? Everyone, Simon Pegg, they're all fucking Nick on Ross. point in these movies. Edgar Wright's probably one of the greatest directors working right now. Oh yeah, there's absolutely. Uh, I would never. I has he made that. a bad movie yet? Well, he's made those three and Scott Pilgrim, so no. I haven't seen Fistful of Fingers, and it's only available on like some VHS. So I won't count that. <laughs> I want to see it. Um, I mean, yes, I would. Li- I would like to, but it's oh, spaced. That was his TV show. I no, really I want to see space. space. It's probably the next one I'm going to buy. Now I think about it. But yeah, the Cornetto trilogy. I think ultimately, the reason I'm arguing for it is because for me, movies are about what they're saying, right? Not so much what's happening on them, because whatever. And so, taking that and applying it to this idea of a trilogy of movies what connects them it's not so much it's not indiana jones it's not luke skywalker it's not neo in the matrix it's fucking what these matrix would have been a good consideration if we're talking about like what's the best trilogy what's the trilogy 
with the best film in it, but the rest of it never lived uh-huh. up to it. <laughs> I like Revolutions and Reloaded. Oh, yeah, you're, with, I you're a Wachowski fan. I, I love the Wachowskis, and I... It's because what I love about even if Revolutions again is a movie with badness in it, which I don't doesn't I don't really feel like it does. I don't know. Well, the I, point I, is I, I, I love both... that it ends. It's about coming to understand and work with your enemy against the greater evil. You know what I mean? I the machines. Know. It's the synthesis ending of Mass Effect. I haven't seen. I haven't played Mass Effect. Play it. It's amazing. Um. Isn't it an Xbox game though? But yeah, you have this huge blockbuster trilogy, and you're, you're, the humans are in their last stands against the machines, and it's about cooperating with the machines to get rid of the virus against the greater for the greater good is cooperation. For the greater good, which is <laughs> the greater good. Hot fuzz. <laughs> um, I remember I when I got my copy of Hot Fuzz, I watched it like four times in a week. Oh, I've seen Hot Fuzz. It's funny because I don't even think Hot Fuzz is my favorite, but I've seen that one the most. Yeah. Because it's almost yeah. compulsively watchable. Yeah, it fr- It's so easy to just, like, just, sit down and I yeah. want to watch. I want to revisit all of Edgar Wright's stuff right now. And um, I'm never going to say anything to uh, no to, like, anything Edgar Wright does. I would there, – there's something I've been telling people for a bit where – I guess we'll touch on this when we, when we talk about Ant-Man, but – even if somehow Ant-Man ends up being the best Marvel movie that's ever been done. Can I credit it to Edgar Wright's work on it? No, I'm just going to say Edgar Wright would have done it better. Oh, yeah. Like, Me. 100%. Like, if even if it somehow is better than the original Iron Man, better than the origi- than the first Avengers, uh, then I'm still going to be like, I would have liked to see what Edgar Wright would have done with this. Yeah, no, I mean, that's going to be true no matter what movie you get. And it's so disappointing that Marvel basically fucked it up on that i don't know because it's so weird because you have to like read in between the lines on all these press releases and stuff but it oh, was, yeah i think uh, it was I a remember. mutual they, they're saying it's a mutual thing but at the same time i don't know about you but there's no way in the hell i would work on something for eight years of my life and then be like well what i heard nah, it was, this isn't really well, worth what i read it was was that he had fi- handed in a script of like a f- what it would he assumed would be his final and then marvel kind of behind his back gave it to these other writers and told them to like punch it up or whatever and then when they get back to edgar he's like what the hell is this and he just got mad and just basically creative differences and left i don't know because i i'd heard because it's a bitch movie it's a bitch movie. fuck that's horrible phrase <laughs> but it's a horrible thing to do to like a, a guy who's been working on this thing for years that's his baby take it behind his back and give it to other writers to like change up and then which say, also Shoot sucks this. because uh they would have made ant-man earlier but instead, he had to make uh, he made the world's end. They were gonna film it around the same time he started working on the world's end, but a producer uh, either got sick or passed away, yeah. and it was the guy that had been like helping him throughout the entire Cornetto trilogy. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, I he went to Marvel and he's like, I can't do this right now. I need to finish this trilogy. Yeah. The greatest trilogy, in my opinion, is the only. Uh, I'm not saying that's a bad trilogy. I just not saying I don't believe it's fully. I don't, don't believe consider. it's a trilogy. Of course, it's a trilogy. Like I said, it's the th- just because yeah. there's three different flavors of Cornettos that show up in each film. No, I told you it's the thematic thing. They're both about adulthood, about uh, transitioning away from adolescence and adolescent ideas, and that's and that's a stronger connection to me than 
than any plot device. And again, oh, holy shit, before I have to add this to my amendment section next <laughs> week or two weeks from now, depending, I don't know what's going on. Um, Lord of the Rings would have been my hands down numbered one choice. But it's one film. But I consider that, yeah, I consider that one story just is something split I, I, up into I, I, three I wanted films. to say about uh, the second and third Matrix, which I think they filmed it back to back. But I know they were released like a year apart, so I, I want to say they were filmed back to back. But like, I have trouble separating the two because I see those as one film, so I don't see it as a. I don't. Know, I feel like it's I the Matrix see- and then Ma- Reloading Revolutions are kind of. The connected. second film, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like it's so oh, it's like it's but it's just two, two films. Yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah, I guess. Uh, it's a little, yeah, it's a yeah, little more. Lord of the Rings would have been though. hand down, but I think we both came into agreement. Well, it's just like that. That's, that's, that's one, one movie. Film. Yeah, that's the only reason I didn't choose that. Because it would have been Lord of the Rings hands. Yeah, because Return of the King is probably the most. The Hobbit wasn't even emotion. up for debate. No, fuck the Hobbit. <laughs> I finish it. Why'd you even bring it up? Now I'm mad all over again. Because <laughs> it's Lord of the Rings. It kind of has to be brought <laughs> That's up. That's not Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it's fucking trash is what it is. The Hobbit. Mm. Fucking Bilbo becomes a side character in his own movie. Yeah, I just mentioned there. What's going on next week? We don't really know. Explain that, Andres. <laughs> I'm putting it all on you. I'm on the spot now. Yeah. Um, so, we might be back this weekend we're we're recording this on wednesday right now so we might be recording yeah sorry for the late episode by the way if it's to the a, one it's, viewer it's been a busy week i keep doing that i keep shitting on our own show uh, <laughs> i'll stop that'll be the last time i mention our shitty viewer count so we might record this weekend do we want to keep it a surprise though or should we say it no because i mean regardless either we're taking a break or we're coming back and we're coming back with a debate of whether spider-man 3 is a good movie or not and you might be thinking like the plethora of people who we brought this up to who's arguing that it's good that guy me that one (laughs) spider-man 3 is not a bad movie and i'll get into why on the next episode where we're hopefully going to have some guests to oppose me because <laughs> three on one yeah, we're having a three on well, planned three on one originally it was supposed to be two on two but the person who said they were going that they liked the film was a fucking liar <laughs> <laughs> sorry Cass um, but yeah she lied and so we kept looking for other person to say that they liked it and I we couldn't really find anyone and, and you know what? It's it's indicative of the the meta narrative here, where I am fighting an uphill battle <laughs> of arguing well, Spider-Man Three is good. We'll get back to that eventually. So mm, yeah. either we'll be back next weekend for this for that episode, or we ba- be back in two weeks yeah. for what, July fourth, something like that. Yeah, we'll record July fourth and probably release July sixth. Yeah, so we'll be back around then, and that's when we'll be talking about Magic Mike XXL. The week after that? No, that'll be that week. That's that week? That's that week. Oh, okay, so if we don't record it... Okay, we'll have to cut this, because now we're just talking behind the scenes. (laughs) Or fuck it, leave it in. If we record this... (laughs) Leave it in, I want to hear this. If we record this week, then we can release it this Monday. No problemo. But then next week is Magic Mike... Which we have to find someone to go with us. Yeah. And we'll release that 
on the six. On the six, and then the week after that is our break week. And then we have break. So either or way, or Spider Man, a... yeah. Yeah. Okay. Why is this so confusing? <laughs> yeah, I know. Fuck. Organization is not our strong suit. This is why I went out of my way and made a fucking list of like the next twenty seven <laughs> episodes. Yeah, but then you double booked everything. What do you mean? Fucking Lawrence of Arabia on this. This is why we're recording on Wednesday because we decided to go watch Lawrence of Arabia the day after we watched Inside Out. Do so I was exhausted. It? No, yeah, I loved were, Lawrence of Arabia. Fucking, but I missed at least a combined two minutes of it. <laughs> Which, oh yeah, in, in a three-hour, three-and-a-half-hour film. It doesn't but I think we much. both slept during the same scenes. Where it was just like a lot of panning and shots of the sun. A lot of beautiful vistas. Like, we can miss this. This is yeah. okay. <laughs> I'm just going to close my eyes. As soon as, like, voice came and I was like, huh. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was conscious throughout most of like throughout those scenes. I don't think scenes. I missed a line. Which no, I, I got what was happening. Guy got left behind and he went to go back to get him. Oh, yeah. It was and there was the one guy waiting for him. I just kind of missed some of the shots that established <laughs> that were how he found him or whatever. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> but emotionally, I was on that arc. Anyway. Let's fucking finish this up before we fuck up and go more behind the scenes. I record on a blue microphone. <laughs> anyway, t- uh, what's your favorite trilogy? Tell us on Facebook, on iTunes, like, comment, subscribe, all that goodness. Or Twitter. Or Twitter, yeah. Oh, yeah, we have a Twitter. I yeah. always forget. Have you changed? Is it still the egg? You changed the logo. I changed it. It should yeah. change. I don't do any of the behind the scenes stuff. That's all on Jess. I do all the technical. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> I don't know any of that stuff, and I'm not good at it. Um, where can they find you on the Twitters? On the Twitters, on the Letterbox, and uh, I'm gonna add Instagram now too. Oh uh, shit! But it's all at Pocket Writer. Yeah, it's easy for you because you're all. Uh, mine is different for every single one. So That's I'm why just... I throw all three in. I just like go straight for it. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. <laughs> I'm on Twitter. I am Jeff underscore Ped. On Letterbox, I'm Jeff Ped altogether. And fuck it, I'll throw in my Instagram today too. I'm Jeffrey. Oh, fuck, I don't know. Let me go check it. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> I don't know if there's a dot in there. Or... I don't think there is. No. Oh, oh wait, is it underscore? Shit. How do I check my username? That one. Does it not say? Is it Jeffrey underscore? Yeah. Okay, it's Jeffrey <laughs> underscore Pedernera. P-E-D-E-R-N-E-R-A. Follow me. This is the worst episode we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> this is film cue. Bye. <laughs> okay, never mind. I'm back. <laughs> Who's ever listening is What's in your fucking film cue? Let's get this over with. <laughs> Okay, so compose yourself, man. Okay, professional. So last week we saw older films at TIFF. This week I'm gonna be watching Wizard of Oz. (laughs) (laughs) What? I don't know. That came out funny. (laughs) Um, and then after that I'm probably gonna watch Dope or Inside Out again. Uh, (laughs) and then sometime next week I'm watching Max. Which I not Mad Max, not Mad Max. Uh, which Jeff told me earlier that apparently is good. Is good. Which I mean, and you're a huge dog person. So I'm you're a huge dog love person, regardless. Yeah, White God is your still your favorite movie, isn't it? Yeah, but that does a huge fucking asterisk. <laughs> I'm just like I don't know. <laughs> it's just has dogs. <laughs> uh, 
right. we have a shot where there's like 280 dogs just running like non-cgi <laughs> real dogs that are just running towards the screen <laughs> you've seen that you've seen that video with like with like all the corgis just running in the hallway no you've n- i will show you this video after but it's just like it's that on a bigger scale and i'm just like please continue <laughs> <laughs> two hours of this please all right, I'm, my film queue is fucking... Ugh. It's still the same shit. <laughs> I haven't fucking watched anything. I'm going to watch 25th Hour, Tatsalon's Happiness, and maybe finally watch the third Godfather movie, or revisit the third, because I have seen it. Revisit it. I was supposed to be last Sunday, but the Copa Medica is going on, so my dad's like, I want to watch the game. <laughs> I'm like, okay, guess I'm not watching Godfather. That's my film cue. What's in your film cue? Let us know. Like, comment, subscribe. I'm not going to say all this again. <laughs> um, am I forgetting something? I think that's it. All right, that's it. You're releasing a film cue. Bye.